We'll begin the service. We'll sing number 97, The Haven of Rest. Number 97.
first of all, I'd just like to say I welcome each and every one here today. And I hope and pray that we've all come out with the same mind, that we want to be at one with Jesus Christ. And we want to learn more and more how that we can draw closer to Him. And that over the last few months, that has been more and more brought to this people's attention here, is how can we draw closer to Him? How can we walk in His Spirit instead of seeking the things of the world, seeking the lust of the flesh and the pride of life, and all of these things that go along with that, which he says is an enemy to him. How can we get closer to him? And when we sing that song, the first part, he says, My soul in, out, in sad exile, exile was out on life's sea. And that was each and every one of us was on life's sea, seeking and searching the things of the flesh. So burdened with sin and distressed. And that has been in each and every one of us' life. But then there's something that's new. He says, Till I heard a sweet voice saying, Make me your choice. And I entered the heaven of rest. Isn't that something to think about this morning? What the, the writer wrote there. And we all should understand, I want us to, everyone understand that that is the situation with us. And we can hear that still small voice saying, come to me, enter into my rest. And that's what I hope and I pray that every one of us has that first and foremost in our life. And then he goes on and he says, I've anchored my soul in the haven of rest. I'll sail the wide seas no more. Now that's saying a lot when we, when we put it into that prospect. I've anchored my soul in the heaven of rest. I have accepted Jesus Christ and I have put it all into His hands and I will allow Him now to direct me in everything that I say, I do, how I conduct myself, how I raise my family, what I do with others, how I run my business, whatever it might be, I put Him first in it and let His Spirit then direct me. Think about what He has given to us. When we accept Him in that new birth, we receive the power of God to be able to overcome all these things. To be able then so we can walk closer to Him. To be able to see how we need to conduct ourselves for Him. And you know, there's a lot that is said We have read, and last week we read and we talked about all the things of how Jesus and how God has instructed their people, His people, God's people. How He has instructed them to be able to live their life all the way along. 
And he laid out certain rules and regulations. And I'm sure there's people today that look around and they say you can't have rules and follow them. That's just being legalistic. But go back and you look and see God had ways for us to live our life. And he expects us to live it that way. He expects us to stay out of some of the things, all the things that he has condemned. Now you can call it anything you want to call it. But if you're just living a life following rules, that is being legalistic. But if you are letting the Spirit, the power of God, take you away from those things and live in accordance with His His message, with His commandments, His words, then that's letting the Spirit do the works within you. And it's not you that's doing it. It is the Spirit that you are following The Spirit of God within you will do a good work. You have to have that faith to begin with. Faith and trust. It's the only way that you can receive that. But when you receive that new birth, friends, there has to be a new person in you. And as he says, he was out on life's sea, struggling. In sin. But when we get that new birth, we will now become new. We will now be a child of God with power over sin. And I want us all to understand that. And that has to happen in our life. When I look around, I was just sitting here thinking while I go. When I look around and I see everybody that's here, and everybody that's in this room and under the sound of my voice and wherever you are today, you will spend eternity somewhere. You are living here today in this body. You've got the opportunity to know Jesus Christ. You've got the opportunity to live the way He would have for you to live. You also have the opportunity to continue living the life on that wide sea, living that worldly lifestyle. He will not push His Spirit upon you. And you can continue right on in it. And then when this life is over, and it will be over for every one of us that's here, not a one of us will escape that natural death. Not one. But we can go right on into eternal life. The righteous, the death of the righteous is a blessing. They go right on from this life right on into eternal life. But the death to the evil, death to the unrighteous is the worst thing that can ever happen to you. Worst thing that can ever happen to any one of us. There's not a single one of us that could have anything here upon this earth happen to you. That would be greater than losing your soul. What will you give today? What will you give in exchange for your soul. I want you to ask that question. What are you willing to give up here 
in the Lord's work so that you might enjoy the things of this world, enjoy sin, and lose your immortal soul? Or what are you willing to just lay aside so that you can have eternal life? These are questions that must be answered with each and every one of us. Because there will come a time that every single one of us are going to stand before Jesus Christ. Either saved or lost. And I want to encourage you that you can be saved. But it takes putting it into his hands and it takes he has required obedience all the way along from the beginning of time and it takes that with us yes in our own self we can't be obedient to him but with the power of God you can And that's what I want you to be searching and seeking for today is that power and to know Him and to be at one with Him. And don't turn back. I just want us to keep remembering all that we read about how it, and He brought it all the way up and I was just reading this week in other places and the same things that we talked about yes, last week was brought out in other people's writings. Of how that we must not be defiled with sin while we are here upon the earth if we have had that new birth. And if we have been defiled with that sin, then we have an advocate, Jesus Christ. There at the right hand of the Father, there, He's the perpetuation for our sins. And He says His Father is quick to forgive those that repent. Now is that our life? And I know that this sounds like, and we talk about this all the time, about what He has done. But are we truly willing to follow Him in everything we do? Or is the world, the things of this world, does it have our attention? And that is what our God is. Remember the children of Israel. They wanted something there that they could see, something that they could worship that man had made. When God was right there working with Moses and with his people, and they were not willing to wait upon him, they were not willing to take it, to just wait and to hear the words of Moses. And you know, I know that He has had people all the way along here upon His earth. There has been people that has been working with God and working with Jesus Christ and has had that Spirit of the Holy Ghost within them. And He has called them to be able to teach and to preach to His people. Yes, just as Paul was write these letters and he would tell the people and give them instructions of how that God was expecting for them to follow him. 
He does the same things with us and He has all the way along now that we're able to read, we're able to discourse, and we're able to have someone that is here today yet can be led by Jesus Christ and let Him give us a message so that we can draw closer to Him. That should be our entire goal today is what can I do to put to draw closer to him. He said, and that's what he says. He says, you draw near to me, and I will draw near to you. He is there with that reached out hand, waiting, willing for us to put our faith and trust there. I believe we'll read some here. I've opened here to Thessalonians, 1 Thessalonians, and we're going to read some there. I believe we'll start reading here at the second chapter, 1 Thessalonians. For yourselves, brethren... Know our entrance in unto you, that it was not in vain. But even after that we had suffered before and were shamefully entreated, as you know, at Philippi, we were bold in our God to speak unto you the gospel of God, which much contention. Do you see the power there that Paul had? And he says there, now I want you to understand that my entering in unto you, my coming into you and preaching and teaching unto you, that it was not in vain. And the things that I have suffered and in other places was not in vain, he says. And we have not gone through any tribulations like Paul had gone through there. He says, as you know at Philippi, we were bold in our God to speak unto you the gospel of God with much contention. For our exhortation was not of deceit, nor of uncleanliness, nor in guile. But as we were allowed of God to be put in trust with the gospel, even so we speak, not as pleasing men, but God which trieth our hearts. And friends, I want to tell you, that is my mind to be just as Paul was there. That for me to get up into this pulpit and to let the Lord give me the words and to preach the words. then he says, but as we were allowed of God, and I feel the same way today, to be put in trust with the gospel... I know that that has been given to me from, from God the Father through His Son, Jesus Christ. To have to be trusted with His gospel to be able to help to promote and to give it to others that they may want to hear it. And what Paul said here, he says, Even so we speak not as pleasing men, and that is not my mind here at all today, to come out to just speak something that you might want to hear that might please you. But my job and my 
goal today is to preach the word simple, pure, and free. And if it condemns me, if it condemns you, whatever it might be, well, I'm going to thank the Lord for it, that He's showing and He's condemning our works now while we're here upon the earth. So that now we can take it to Him and have it burned up while we're here in the land of the living. And see victory be saved in the end. He says, even so we speak, not as pleasing men, but God. And that is what I want to do, which trieth our hearts. God will allow things to come upon us that will try us. He will allow Satan to come and to tempt you into doing things that will lead you away from his word if you will do it, if you'll follow Satan. But he says, God, even so we speak not as pleasing men. God was the one that entrusted that into their heart, into their mind, into their, so that they could be able to speak and teach others. And I know that he has done that right here for us. Are we accepting it in that matter? We can read here and look upon Paul and say, well, yes, I believe that that is, that came from him. Are we willing to put our faith and trust in whoever God is working with in our day here upon the earth? For neither at any time we used we flattering words, as you know, nor a cloak of covetousness. God is witness. And I want you to go back and see, and I know that God is the witness of the things that has been spoken, the things that have been taught here. God is my witness. That it is His words. It is not something that I have conjected up there so that I might be able to teach you something of my own self. Nor of men sought we glory, neither of you, nor yet of others, when we might have been burdensome as the apostles of Christ. And I don't believe that I've sought your glory in coming here to this. That I know that this is a job that he has put me in. And I am glad that I can do his will. And I know that if I put my faith and trust in him. That he will give me a message. And he will. It will be for me just as much as it is for you. I have to hear it. I have to abide in it. But we were gentle among you, even as a nurse cherisheth her children. So being affectionately desirous of you, we were willing to have imparted unto you, not the gospel of, on, of God only, but also our own souls, because you were dear unto us. And I believe that's been the mind of people all the way along. Messengers for God. That he says that being affectionately desirous of you, and that is my goal here today, to have affection for each and every one of you. That I want to see you saved, so much so that I am willing to just preach His Word and to teach whatever He says teach, so that we might, so that you might be saved. And Paul said there, he says that not only the gospel of God, he says that that is what we have imparted unto you. But also our own souls, because you were dear unto us. I believe that what he was meaning, that he was willing to give up whatever was necessary here in this life to help those to understand his spirit 
to understand the words that he was bringing forth. So that they might understand what he understood. Think about this man, who he was. And how he had seen, how God had brought it to his attention that he was fighting against Jesus Christ. And how he repented of his sins. And how he immediately began to preach and to teach. He was a great sinner. But he was forgiven. And God was with him. For remember, brethren, our labor and travail, for laboring night and day because we would not be chargeable unto any of you, we preached unto you the gospel of God. Your witness, and God also, how holy and justly and unblameably we behaved ourselves among you that believe. Let's look and see. Look, Paul was not ashamed of what he had done, of the life he had lived after he repented. He was not ashamed of that. I'm not ashamed of the life that I have lived. I have made many mistakes, but I know that I have a a Savior. I know that Jesus Christ is there, and He can help me and lead me through whatever needs to be done. And I want to be just as this man Paul was. You are witness, and God also, how holy and justly and unblameably we behaved ourselves among you that believe. As you know how we exhorted and comforted and charged every one of you as a father doth his children. Now listen to what he says. He says, now these were the things that we have done. His word was being preached there. He says, we exhorted you, and we've comforted you, and we've charged you. There has been comforting done. There has been encouragement done. There has been things brought to our attention here by Jesus Christ. As a father does his children. That's a great love. And that is what I must also be in that same place to where I am willing to do that with the love of this congregation as a father has to their children. And a father, a good father, is going to love that child and he's going to do everything he can for that child. And that's what God says that we have become a child of His. And that He, look what He does for His children. He will comfort them. He will give them wisdom and knowledge to go through this life. And you know how we exhorted and comforted and charged every one of you as a father doth his children. That you would walk worthy of God who hath called you into his kingdom and glory. That you would walk worthy of God who has called you. Who has called you into his kingdom, his glory called you into be able to receive of that new birth, that Spirit of the Holy Ghost. He says that you would walk worthy of God. What does walking worthy of God mean to you? Does it mean just saying a little prayer and then going on living a worldly lifestyle? Or does it mean something different from that? 
that you would walk worthy of God. That you would live your life in accordance with how God would have you live it because you've got the Spirit of the Holy Ghost there and that is what is leading and guiding and directing you who hath called you into His kingdom and glory. There's only one way you can have that new spirit is by being called of God. And that He calls all those that put their faith and trust in Jesus Christ and repent of their sins, He calls them to be able to receive of that new birth. It all comes around, it goes around. There is a special work that He has. Now, that is how we would walk worthy of God. Who hath called you unto His kingdom and glory. Have you been called? Do you truly have that? Do you truly have a desire, my friends, to want to get away from sin? Do you truly have that desire to want to walk closer to Jesus Christ? Whatever it takes. For this cause, also, thank we God without ceasing. Because when you received the word of God, which you heard of us, you received it not as the word of men, but as it is in truth, the word of God, which effectually worketh also in you that believe. And that is exactly the way I want you to look upon me and what I am saying here today. Paul was just bringing this and he looked upon them and he was telling them, he says, For this cause, we thank God. Thank God. For, for this cause also, thank we God without ceasing. Thanking God for giving people the knowledge and understanding that they have been called into the glory of God. They've been called to receive that due birth. Because when you received the word of God, which you heard of us, and that's what I want you to be able to do today, is hear the word of God that I am able to teach and to preach just as he was able to give it to those people in that day, that you received it not as the word of men, and that's what I want you to look on it today, is this is not the words of mine. But as it is in the truth, the Word of God. And if it's the Word of God, my friends, we must accept it and we must live by it. There's no other way but to live and accept Jesus Christ, which effectually worketh also in you that believe. That Spirit of God, he says, works effectually. It works mightily. It works with full power of God. And all of you that believe, totally believe, put their faith and trust in Jesus Christ and God the Father. 
For ye, brethren, became followers of the churches of God, which in Judea are in Christ Jesus. For ye also have suffered like things in your own countrymen, of your own countrymen, even as they have of the Jews. For ye, brethren, became followers of the churches of God. And is that what we're following today? That spiritual church of God. Here in our land, and there is so many religions, there are so many churches. There are so many ways that people will tell you. But there is only one way, and that is the truths of the gospel of Jesus Christ. For ye, brethren, became followers of the churches of God, which is in Judea, which in Judea are in Christ Jesus. And that's what we must have today. Following wherever it is in the word of Christ Jesus. And he says there will be many antichrists. There will be many false prophets. He talked about it even when Jesus was here. His disciples talked about it. Paul talked about it. It's talked about today. Be sure that we can understand and know what is right from what is almost right. Satan can quote you all kind of scriptures and he can lead you right out. There's a way that seems right unto man therewith that leads to destruction. But the way of God, the way of Jesus Christ leads to life eternal. Who both kill the Lord Jesus and their own prophets and have persecuted us and they please not God and are contrary to all men. Now we may not be going to that extent there in our life when we do not accept the things that Jesus puts in our mind or we do not accept what is going on or the teachings that He would give to us. He said who their their countrymen there and the Jews, He says they both killed the Lord Jesus and their own prophets and have persecuted us. And they please not God and are contrary to all men. Now are the things that we're doing may not be that extent, to that extent. But are we following Him? Is our life in accordance with His Word? Forbidding us to speak to the Gentiles that they might be saved and fill up their sins always. For the raft has come upon them to the uttermost. But we, brethren, being taken from you for a short time in presence, not in heart, endeavored the more abundantly to see your face with great desire. And I believe there is Paul was just telling me, he says, brethren, being taken from you for a short time. He said in presence, but not in heart. Paul had them totally in their heart and I believe he was praying he was begging that these people might endure and that they might have that new birth and that they might have that power of God to be able to overcome 
But we, brethren, being taken from you for a short time in presence, not in heart, endeavored the more abundantly to see your faiths with great desire, and I have great desire to see you out every Sunday morning in any other time that we could meet or whatever it might be, to see your face and to help you to understand. Not that I am anything of myself, but only with the power of God to help you. Just as what Paul was saying here. To help you to be able to know how that he would have for us to use the things that he has entrusted into our hands while we're here upon the earth. Wherefore, we would have come unto you, even I, Paul, once and again, but Satan hindered us. For what is our hope? or joy, or crown of rejoicing, are not even ye in the presence of our Lord Jesus Christ at His coming? For ye are our glory and joy. For what is our hope, or joy, or crown of rejoicing? And what is my hope, or joy, or crown of rejoicing? And speaking and teaching and encouraging you today. Paul says, Are ye not even in the presence of our Lord Jesus Christ at his coming? And that is what my hope is, and that is what my joy is to be able to see others moving up, to see others getting closer. To Jesus Christ. Willing. To not try to. Emulate the things of this world. In our life. But willing to emulate. The spirit of God in our life. Not that we might just. Show how righteous that we are. But that it might show. What God has done for us. And what the works are in us that He is doing that others may be able to see and give God the honor and the glory. And that's what Paul was wanting there. For ye are our glory and joy. And that's what Paul, and I will tell you, I want to see each and every one that is here. Everyone repent of our sins. I want to see us get closer and closer to Jesus Christ. And when we do that, we will get closer and closer as a group. And we will not be going out seeking other things. The Lord has had and He has established a work here at this church that has been going on for almost 125 years almost. And I believe he's had people here working in that all the way along. And I know that there has been, I I believe, a special work that he has done with this people. We see how that he has given us many things and how he has brought us out of situations that he said was not good. And he has given us the opportunity to continue to train our children in our homes. Because he said to bring them out 
from the worldly atmosphere that they were in and to train them in our homes, and we have done that. Now, do we want to go back into something that He has led us away from? People, listen to Him. Don't let Satan steal a march on you. Let's continue right on in His Word, in His work. I want to read a little bit and remind it. I want to read some here in Hebrews. This is the fourth chapter of Hebrews. Let's read some there. Starting at the first verse, fourth chapter of Hebrews. Let us therefore fear, lest a promise being left us of entering into His rest, any of you should seem to come short of it. Now listen to what he's saying. He says, let us therefore fear the weakness of ourselves, not have a fear of that God won't give us the power there, but we can have a fear that we would be weak in our own self, lest a promise being left us of entering into His rest. Now that's what He's promised to all of us, that we would be able to enter into His rest, His kingdom, with God. Any of you should seem to come short of it. I don't want to come short of it. There's a way that we can be filled with His, with His love and His mercy and His Spirit. Not coming up short. Wouldn't that be a terrible thing to come up there at that final day in fear? And come up short in the balances there. And the balances are not going to be your works. It'll be whether it's the works of Satan or the works of Jesus Christ in you. But we will in the revelations it says there that you will be judged by your works. Now that's not how we receive salvation. We receive that salvation by faith and repentance. But that new spirit then is going to continue and it's going to bring forth fruits, righteous fruit. For unto us was the gospel preached as well unto them. But the word preached did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in them that heard it. Now, how is it with us? Unto us was the gospel preached. And I know that the gospel has been preached to this group of people. As well as unto others across the land in different places. But we better be sure that it is the true gospel that is being preached. And it is not something that is being watered down to justify man's worldly mind. As well as unto them. But the word preached did not profit them. 
The gospel of God did not profit them. That does not have those ears to hear. That it, with it not being mixed with faith in them that heard it. You hear the word and if you don't have the faith and repentance, it's not going to do you any good. But if you hear the word and you have faith that it is the word of God, it is the gospel of Jesus Christ. If we do those things and we have that, then we will understand then and there will be no fear in us of death because we know we have that power of God. Power over sin. But we which have believed do enter into rest. As He said, as I have sworn in my wrath, if they shall enter into my rest, although the works were finished from the foundation of the world. Now, for we which have believed do enter into rest. Believe in Him. And then we enter into that rest, that spiritual rest. I want that with all my heart, soul, mind, and strength. I want that for you. And I am willing to preach and to teach whatever He says. And I want you to understand it. I want to see us all, every one of us, draw nearer to Him. As I have sworn in my raft, if they shall enter into my rest, although the works were finished from the foundation of the world, for he spake in a certain place of the seventh day, seventh day on this wise, and God did rest the seventh day from all his works, and in this place again, if they shall enter into my rest, and enter into that spirit then, and then we can have that spiritual rest and peace and hope, in this place again, if they shall enter into my rest, seeing therefore it remaineth, that some must enter therein, and they to whom it was first preached entered not in because of unbelief. Now have we all entered in here? There are people in here today that is, has not entered into that rest. There are people that have. There are people that need to move up. Let's listen. Seeing therefore it remaineth that some must enter therein. And they to whom it was first preached entered not in because of unbelief. Do you have unbelief that this is not the gospel of God? Do you have unbelief that this is just the words of a man? And it's not His gospel? Is that what's holding you back from just putting it all in? Again, he limiteth a certain day, saying in David, Today, after so long a time as it is said, Today, if you will hear his voice, harden not your hearts what I want us to all to understand here today. If you will hear His voice, harden not your heart. Let Him 
Come into your heart. Let Him as He has promised, as He has said, I will give to you a heart of flesh. Take that heart of stone away. And I will write my words. I will give you my Spirit. And I will put it in your mind and put it in your heart. So that then we will be at one together. We will be with Him. We will be a child of God. For if Jesus had given them rest, then would He not after, afterward have spoken of another day. There remaineth therefore a rest to the people of God. And I believe that rest will come, that true rest will come after we leave this world. And I want you to think about that. If today, today, right now, and it could happen with any one of us, that our life was over, where will you spend eternity? Have you hardened your hearts? Have you heard the voice but hardened your heart? Have you heard the voice and your heart been pricked? And you are ready to say, what must I do, Lord, to be saved? What must I do, Lord, to be saved? And as Peter said, repent and be baptized for the remission of your sins. Repent and be baptized. There remaineth therefore a rest to the people of God. For he that has entered into his rest, he also has ceased from his own works as God did from his. Listen carefully at that. That explains a lot of what we've been talking about. For he that entered into his rest, he that entered into the Spirit of God with him, he also hath ceased from his own works, as God did from his. Now he is resting from his own works. And he is allowing the Holy Ghost to perform those righteous works within Him. Let us labor therefore to enter into that rest, lest any man fall after the same example of unbelief. Let us labor therefore to enter into that rest. Let us resist Satan. I'm going to put it that way. Therefore, to enter into that rest. Let us receive the power of the Spirit of God to enter into that rest. Lest any man fall after the same example of unbelief. Lest any one of us fail to come up 
and receive that new birth. Let us labor. For the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than a two-edged sword. Piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit. And of the joints and marrow. And is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Listen to that. Listen. This is he's, now he's telling us about what that new birth is. That what, that, what God's going to give to you. He says, for the word is God is quick. And powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the deciding asunder of soul and spirit. And that's what he's telling us today. That the Word of God, His Gospel, His truth, what it will do for us. He says it is quick, it is powerful, and it is sharper than that sword, that two-edged sword. He says it will... Divide you asunder from soul and spirit. I want it to divide me from that soul and the spirit of Satan. And I want it to give me that new birth. And give me that spirit then with God. That He says, I will abide with you forever. And is a discerner of the thoughts and intense of the heart. That's that power of God. That's the Word of God. He says it is a discerner. It will give you the power to discern all that Satan puts in your mind and in your thoughts. He'll give you the power to discern how deceitful that he is and give you the power to discern the gospel of God and how powerful it is. And how He can overcome all things here on this earth. Neither is there any creature that is not manifest in His sight. But all things are naked and open unto the eyes of Him with whom we have to do. Listen to that. There, neither is there any creature... That is not manifest. There is nothing here upon the earth that the Lord doesn't know about. You and I, however we dress, wherever we go, what our actions are, what our thoughts are, He says they are manifest in His sight. We are not hiding somebody from anything. When someone comes up and you try to hide how you have your body dressed and how that you're trying, you know that if you didn't try to hide it, you would be exposing it in a way that someone might not, that the Lord wouldn't appreciate and someone that you feel like is walking in that spirit would not want to see you dressed like that. And you can, you're trying to hide it from them. What are you doing? You think you're hiding it from God. He says, all things are manifest in His sight. Do you think that you're hiding what you say to Him? What you look upon on the internet. What you agree to. And what you encourage others in. Do you think you're hiding those things from His sight? 
But all things are naked and open unto the eyes of Him with whom we have to do. It's all, He sees it all. He knows it all. But we can be clothed upon with that Spirit of God. And not be naked. And we can stand before Him holy, righteous. By the blood of Jesus Christ. Not by your works. Don't ever think that. But by the blood of Jesus Christ. You can stand before Him. And see victory in Jesus Christ. Seeing then that we have a great high priest. That is passed into the heavens. Jesus. The Son of God. Let us hold fast our profession. See then that we have a great high priest. And that high priest was able to go into the temple. And make offerings for the people's sins. And to have them, take, have them covered. They did not have the power over it that you and I do today. He says now we have a great high priest. That is passed into the heavens. He ascended up. Remember, we've read about these things. How He led His disciples out there. And He told them about what was about to happen. And He told them to go and to spread His Word throughout the world. To teach it. To preach it. And then, He arose right up into the clouds. And he says, I will go away, but I will come again. And when he comes back, it will be in all the glory and in the power of God. And he will establish his kingdom here upon the earth with the righteous, only the righteous. But he is that great high priest, and he ascended up. To the right hand of God the Father. And He is there today my friends. At the right hand of God. Mediating. For you and for me. They're praying for us. There. That is passed into the heavens. Jesus the Son of God. Let us hold Fast our professing. Hold fast what you are professing. Are you professing Jesus Christ, your Savior? Are you professing the power of God in you? For we have not an high priest which cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmities. But was within all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. Jesus Christ, we are able there to communicate with Him over our infirmities. But Jesus Christ came here and He lived here, was in all points tempted in everything that you and I can be tempted with. Tempted like as we are. 
yet without sin. You and I, we can have power over that. And we can strive to have perfection over Him, over Satan. Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. This sums up the whole service basically today to me is what he's saying right here. For we have not an high priest which cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmities. We have that high priest, Jesus Christ, that we have access to 24 hours a day, every day of the week, but was in all points tempted like as we are yet without sin. Now we know that He was that perfect Son of God. And I believe that. And I believe He can give me forgiveness of my sins. Now He tells us here, Let us therefore come boldly before the throne of grace. Come boldly before Him. Before the throne of grace. The man, the God of the whole world and the God of the universe, come boldly for him, be him, in front of Him, having full faith in His Son, Jesus Christ, that He came here and He lived upon the earth without sin. And that He can forgive us our sins. That's the grace. That's the throne of God. The grace of God then, the power of God. Come boldly before that that we may obtain and find grace to help in time of need. Repent. And ask. Have full faith. Repent. And ask that you might be able to find grace, find the power of God to help you in your time of need. And every one of us has a time of need that we need to be saved from eternal hell. And we need to accept Jesus Christ, our Lord, and our Master. I want to read a few words in Matthew will be in the seventh chapter of Matthew. This is the thirteenth verse. Seventh chapter. Enter ye in at the straight gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction, and many there be which go in thereat. Because straight is the gate, and narrow is the way 
that leadeth to life. And few there be that find it. These are words of Jesus Christ. But we can all be a part. And we can all know where that straight and narrow path is. Beware false prophets which come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravening wolves. You shall know them by their fruits. Do men gather grapes of thorns or figs of thistles? Even so, every good fruit tree bringeth forth good fruit, but a corrupt tree bringeth forth evil fruit. The way of life. Because the straight. Because straight is the gate. And narrow is the way. Which leadeth unto life. And few there be that find it. I had a friend. And we were discussing these things recently. And he said you know the older I get. And the more I walk in the word. Is what he was meaning. As I see how wide that path is out there that leads to destruction. But by understanding, we can know and we can be a part of it with His Spirit. We can understand and see victory. There was one other verse here that I wanted to to read. He says, Therefore, Whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them, I will liken him unto a wise man who built his house upon a rock. And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat upon that house, and it fell not, for it was founded upon a rock. And every one that heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them not shall be likened unto a foolish man which built his house upon the sand, and the rains descended, the floods came. And the house and the winds blew and beat upon that house and it fell. And great was the fall of it. We talk about this quite often we do. Do we hear His Word? In one place He says there that you are likened to children that go out and he says he talks to they go and they tell their friends we have piped unto you and you have not danced we have mourned unto you and you have not lamented his word has been preached unto us his word has been taught unto us 
Do you have the ears to hear? Do you want to have ears to hear? Do you want to be a part of His true spiritual church? Do you have a desire for that above all things? Put your faith and trust in Him alone, not in me. Put it in the words that I have spoken and put it into the hands of Jesus Christ. We'll bring this meeting to a close. We'll sing number 294. I am trusting, Lord, in Thee. Number 294. And there may be someone that might would like to make that commitment to Jesus. And you can do so by coming forward as we sing. 294.
present you to God the Father in the name of Jesus Christ and the Holy Ghost and may the Lord receive. I am coming to the cross. I am poor, weak, and blind. I am counting all but dross. I shall full salvation find. Only in the blood of Jesus Christ. Only in His Word, His Gospel. Jesus comes. He fills my soul. Perfected in Him, I am. I am every whit made whole. Glory, glory to the Lamb. Let us pray. To God the Father, we come to you today humbly asking for guidance. God, we beg that you be with each and every soul that is here or under my voice today. That we all take heed to your word, to your message. And we put it into your hands. And enter into that rest. And that we don't let Satan deceive us. But we know what you have done. Such a gracious work. And how you have blessed this group of people so graciously. And you have been with us. We just beg you to continue. And we beg that you show everyone where that straight and that narrow path is and how that we can avoid that wide and that broad path that leads to destruction and how that we can know You, know Your Son, and know life, eternal life. Be with us in the upcoming days. And show us what you'd have for us to do with the things you've entrusted into our hands. And we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.